Okay, so we're in 2019 now, but we still have some 2018 baggage to address here at the beginning of the show. Uh, there are two stories that happened while we were on our, our lovely vacation from, from podcasting, and uh, I think we need to address both. Um, one is more important to Pearl Jam. Uh, I guess we'll get that out of the way quick. Uh, no more Christmas singles. And that's that's a really sad thing that, that they're discontinuing the Christmas single. But the last couple of years, it's taken them a really long time to put a Christmas single out. Um, and people begging for it for years and years and years. And I think they just said you know what, now's the time, we, we can't get together and, and do this anymore after about 25 years, however long they did it for. Uh, it's time. It was unfortunately time to end it. Yeah, stuff like that comes to a close all the time. They're super busy, they're older, they have families. 10, 15 years ago, it was a lot easier for them to bust out singles like that all the time. And of course, we cherish them. They they were always very special, and they're they're fun and very unique too. I mean, who who really does that? So, I don't blame them for it. I I think it's I think it was expected at some point. Not that it doesn't suck though when it eventually does come around to to the end, you know. Yeah, it's just unfortunate, and you know, it's a, a for the most part, it's just a big fan thing that was an expectation if you're part of the 10 club for so long that, you know, you get this little treat at the end of the year. And, um, you know, we've gotten some, you know, notable songs out of it, like, uh, I believe strangest tribe and let me sleep. And, uh, I think Driftin' was a, a Christmas single, if I'm not mistaken. Then we have, you know, they put out some actual Christmas songs, uh, uh, Santa God and, um, uh, don't believe in Christmas. I, bl- I believe that one was called. Uh, all stuff that you can hear on that Pearl Jam U Log that that they put out that was really cool. Um, it's just like a half hour loop of you know Christmas singles and Christmas songs, and they they threw wish list in there, so uh, Christmas related songs too. Um, and you know, it, all good things must come to an end at some point, and this you know. Unfortunately, it was a good little thing and to be celebrated for all this time and that to look forward to. And and maybe if they do a tour, maybe they'll get your mind off off things a little bit. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, they could be calling it quits altogether. If it's just the Christmas singles, that's it's a shame. But give us some albums. That's cool, too. Exactly. That, you know, I, I'm, I will sacrifice a Christmas single for a new record, for a new tour. So yeah, it was I think, just uh, one of those things where it's like, oh, shucks, that sucks. That's a shame. But I understand. I completely understand. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have much more to say about it. I just thought that because it is Pearl Jam news and, you know, we would have to mention it. Now, Absolutely. here's the second story. Here's the second story that I think we need to mention. And this is just, this is like as tabloid as tabloid can get for Pearl Jam fans that are just like, you know, need to to shoot the heroin needle because there's nothing else going on right now. Nothing else to talk about. So I don't know if you knew this, 
if you you're not on the Pearl Jam forum, so you might not know this. Yeah, I just I just mentioned to Randy that I I try to stay away from all forums. It doesn't matter what it involves. I feel <laughs> I feel like it would consume me, or uh, I might be a lot angrier of a person if I was if I was on forums. Yeah, it's um. I'm, I might get unpleasant. <laughs> Yeah, there. Honestly, I have my opinions about all these Pearl Jam forums that are out there, about all the Facebook groups, and I'll keep them to myself. But, um, all right, just rip the bandaid off here. Um, there was a Netflix show. Ellen put out a Netflix show, uh, a comedy special, and at some point they cut to. So they cut to the audience and and Eddie and Jill are sitting next to Laura Dern in the audience. And it became this big, massive thing where once it got released and somebody saw it, they're like, oh, I'm going to post this on the 10 Club group. One person posts it, then another person posts it, then another person posts it, then another, then another, then another. And it's been like two or three weeks now. And people are still posting, did you guys see this? And, okay, I understand if you're not on the internet all the time and, like, good for you. You're not on the internet all the time. So if you want to share something to a group like that, then, you know, that's that's fine. But the, the reaction to it and the insulting the people that were doing it and, and, the whole the whole bit and it became more of a you know people making memes with ellen and pearl jam in it than people posting things saying oh is is ellen gonna put out a new album in 2019 and making those kind of jokes like that got really really annoying really really fast did you know anything about this it's it is like the dumbest who cares i'm glad this is specific only to pearl jam forums because this means absolutely nothing to me. And if, if, if people want to spend time on it, spend time on it. <laughs> Who cares? They didn't. And they insulted every single person that posted and said, hey, did you guys see this? They said, it's already been posted. Stop posting this. Admin, admin, admin. Get rid of the guy for posting about Ellen. And it kept going on and on. And it would not even, it wouldn't even die a slow death. People stop talking about the Christmas singles, but they're still talking about this. This is not something that should be... T- There's nothing here. It's no. dumb. It's just... Nothing at all. So if people want to get crazy on the internet, <laughs> then let them get crazy on the internet. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a non-point. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, neither do I. I, I'm, I. I bring it up because it's part of... It's part of this culture, and I'm sure a lot of people that listen uh, are on these forums because that's where we try to get our fans from. So I'm not like trying to personally insult people that uh, participate in these things, but there are a lot of people that I see out there uh, that do participate, and I'm like, uh, I don't really, I don't really get where they're coming from, and I don't want to associate with some of those people sometimes, but. Look, I, again, I don't want to alienate those people. I just, 
I'm bringing from my perspective here, it's dead. It's died a slow, slow death. Please go into the new year. Try to talk about something else. I know there's no Pearl Jam news going on right now, so you needed something to talk about. This was um, a couple months ago. You know the show Big Mouth? Yes. Yeah. um, One of the characters in the show was wearing a lightning bolt shirt, and the same thing happened where everybody was watching the show and said, hey, did you see this? And then got ridiculed for, you know, being the third person to post something. So it just happens. Just just don't be a dick. That's all I'm saying. I just... So if you're going to be getting so upset because people are reposting things on forums, you need to step away from your computer. You need to go put your shoes on. And then you need to go outside, get some fresh air, and find a hobby. That's what Mm. I'm going to say. That's... That's wisdom. That's uh, great advice. I that is not wisdom or advice. That's absolute common sense. But it, it's not common sense if it's not that common. And uh, honestly, yeah. it's not that common anymore. So I don't, you know, I think it needs to be said if if it's something that needs to be done. So um, that's your <laughs> that's your resolution going into 2019. We are we are starting off the new year hot here, Andy. Yep. Yep. Um, that's the last time we'll ever mention Ellen and uh, whatever happened there, Eddie watching in the crowd. Who cares? So he's friends with Ellen. Neat. He's friends with a lot of people. And people you should be hate, friends with people too. Pe- people hate reposting, apparently. Shit, it's not even reposting, it's shit posting. It's shit posting. Okay, we have a show to do. On to the good stuff. Yeah. And right before we walked out here, someone said, you know, you might sell 30 million records, you might play countries all around the world, but you ain't shit until you play Madison Square Garden. So So let's get on with it. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking camera in the truck. Everybody and welcome to the Live on Four Legs Pearl Jam podcast experience. It's a new year. It's the same show. It's a different season, but it's lots of new stuff coming your way. Um, but same same voices. Hi. It's still it's still me and Matt. We're alive. We made it. We're still alive. Is there there's something wrong? She said. Of course there is. 
we can't go well, like still alive, five minutes without a pun. No, no, that was, that was a bad way to start the show, to start the year. But you know what? It's uh, after recording a Patreon episode yesterday. Uh, that was a little loopy. I think I think we're still maybe a little loopy here. Little, but little bit, little bit. It's okay. It's it happens. But yeah, as, as Randy said, we have our our Patreon only episode up. So if you want to go donate a yes. dollar, five bucks, you get. You get a pretty cool episode. I, I thought it came out uh, really well. I was listening to it literally just before we started this. We finished it up and it was uploaded. So uh, go check it out. That's content you're not going to be able to get just by listening to Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to now. And uh, look, everything that goes into the show is going back to we have a lot of stuff to pay off with the merch sales that we did. Um we have uh we're gonna start a fund for for bootlegs at some point so we can get bootlegs we have a lot of bootleg dealers but you know i sometimes it's it's good to to just put the money into it as well in case we really can't find anything so that's good to have that but you know your donation will not go unnoticed and we will definitely reward you for uh being a monthly donor to patreon um, and we're going to try to do it. We're going to try to do it at first, like every two months, see how it goes. And then if it goes really well and we have time, maybe we do, do, uh, a special episode once a month, uh, new year's Eve, 1992. It's got some really good stuff. Speed wash, uh, dirty Frank, uh, one of the really early versions of daughter that was actually called brother, which wasn't the actual brother. So, you know, and we do a little who's on first bit with that, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good episode. It runs about ninety minutes long, so nothing, nothing like our big episodes that we do here. But uh, I, you know, help us out, check it out, get rewarded, and we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely put out some more stuff in the future as well. Uh, by the way, new year and new sound. I uh, got a new microphone. Yay! Finally. So if you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, something's a little different, something's a little crisper, uh, cleaner sounding, this is why. Uh, I got myself a nice little blue Yeti microphone and with a pop filter and new headphones and ready to go. Yeah, we're going to try to just keep updating and upgrading as we go. Yeah, excited for the year. It was a good Christmas present for my in-laws. So. Gotta love the in-laws. Of course, they they shower me with gifts as much as they do their siblings. So, <laughs> uh, siblings, their children, their children. <laughs> yes. Uh, off to an awesome start. Randy and I are a little, little loopy this week. So, yeah. Happy New Year to you. Um. Okay. Well, this this kicks it off. This kicks off the new year. This kicks off our. Uh, identity this year we're gonna go every month and do one msg show a month and um i'm excited because the msg shows have always been uh, a, a topic of debate and they've always been um up there uh on the upper echelon the pantheon of shows uh in their in their catalog catalog um so there are a lot of great ones i've 
I've been to the last five of them. You've been to a bunch. Um, there was obviously a DVD made for one. Uh, lots of really, really good stuff to talk about. Um, and we're going to kick it off today with the first one from 1998. Yeah. Uh, I said it's you, you could you could kind of tell sometimes when it's someone's freshman performance at MSG. And I think, I think this could be, this could be seen that way. They're new. This is, this is their first MSG show. You know, it's, it's a, it's a big deal. And I'm sure that they probably would have played MSG beforehand had uh Ticketmaster and the whole thing not, um, come into account because the last in 96 when they were doing the no code tour that's when the Ticketmaster ban was in full effect uh they were doing randall's island uh for new york so i'm gonna guess that they probably would have hit msg up if they were doing Ticketmaster uh outlets at that time um and randall's island i believe was the only venue in the city area that wouldn't um, that wouldn't go through Ticketmaster, so we'll cover that at some point. I think that's that should be a good summer one to cover. The Randall's Island show. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think there were two. I'm not sure though, but those uh, those were definitely very popular shows at the time, and especially people. Anybody that's been to Randall's Island knows that uh, that place is just an absolute battleground it's for a, disaster. It is a mess. Yeah. But sometimes you could see some really good shows there. Yeah. You just have to be, uh, have to be prepared. Like Warp Tour or Warp Tour or Warp Tour. Or I saw, uh, <laughs> I saw the Black Eyed Peas open for Dave Matthews bands there. That's weird. Very weird. I still think the weirdest... Um, the weirdest thing that I've seen is Drake open for Pearl Jam. Drake should. I'm not even going to go into it. I don't know. It's a thing. It's yes, Pearl Jam is a rock and roll Hall of Fame band, but uh, Drake is like one of the most popular acts on the planet and has been for the last like six years. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it, I just I, first of all, I don't think Drake can close close a show like Pearl Jam can close a show but I wasn't even impressed I didn't I didn't really care for I don't him. care for his music at all not even a little bit there's n- I, there's nothing that he does that I like it's I don't know it's so uh, it's it's weak it's well at the, at the time I think it was 2012 this was the Made, Amer- Made in America tour in Philly um I didn't know what YOLO was. I just knew it was just a thing that people said. And um, I think that day was when I found out, oh, this was the tool that created YOLO. That was all him. Yeah. So I, you know, never mind. That 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 day, that show was not, was not great. We won't, we won't cover that if we don't have to. So, um, but... Getting back on track here, uh, yeah, MSG, the reason why we're doing all the MSG shows, I, I, I think it's it's more of a personal thing for both of us since we have 
we've been to the garden so often, um, you know, for games, for concerts, for events, for all different things. It's just the mecca of, of entertainment. Um, we are very lucky to live so close because it's a, it's a venue that not everyone gets to go to, but I think everybody would want to experience once. Uh, I mean, I think everyone should experience the garden at least once in their life. Yeah. And you know, here's, here's the funny thing. I had a friend who was actually my roommate and he said to me, he said, I've never been to the garden before. He was from Jersey and he said, I never been to the garden before. I really just want to go to the garden just once. I just want to go to the garden. I said, okay. Um, I have, I was a part-time Ranger season ticket holder at the time. And I said, all right, I got, I got Rangers, Rangers tickets for like a Tuesday in March or whenever it was. I'm like, let's, let's do it. Let's go. So he goes and I was really surprised. He was like, I don't understand the hype. And he said that the building was subpar. And this was when they were uh, refurbishing the building. They were, you know, it, it's, it's all, it's been all done for the last couple of years, but yeah. um, they were still, they were still fixing it at the time and it wasn't that it wasn't that great of uh, a venue for those couple of years but um he he said he, he just didn't understand why people made such a big stink about it well i agree with what he's saying completely and it's because how old was he at, at the time we've been going to the garden since we were kids and it it's right it makes an impact on you then you know, if you go when you're in your late twenties, it it might not be as uh, exciting, or it, you know, it it might be somewhat underwhelming. I I, I agree with that. I, it's it's not like the venue is anything that like it's not like you go and you look around and it's like wow, it has this, it has that. It's like it wasn't until like a couple of years ago that they even had decent food. Yeah. at the garden it's the name and it's the legacy and it's uh, it's legendary you have to appreciate the, that right it's the city it's the acts that have played there it's the the history that's happened there the first wrestlemania happened there um uh bruce springsteen and, and grateful dead and iron maiden all shook the stage before pearl jam played there and then pearl jam shook the stage and and they were one of four bands that did that uh you know, there's been there's been Stanley Cups hoisted there, uh, at least one. Queen played there. Queen played there. Yeah, the, there are other events. Uh, the circus came to town there uh, all the time. Um, Billy Billy Joel is a, basically a resident there. Yeah, it, it's it's funny when you th- when you hear about bands and and bands playing, they will pick MSG to do shows over any other venue like fish i'm not a fish fan but they do their new year's eve four shows there every year mm-hmm. or last year what they did 13 or was that two years ago the baker's doesn't yeah. that was last year i think yeah i mean they're and they're currently what tonight is going to be uh uh is tonight night four or night three do they have I two have more no or idea. one more well anyway they're, not they're paying attention they're in the middle of it you know fish this is where they do their new year's eve and they sell it out either four nights in a row or 13 this these are the things that make Madison Square Garden uh, legendary, and and no other place could come close to it. Even though right. it, you know, who, uh, sure, it might not be the most uh, impressive building that you've ever been in, but it's not. It's not about the building. No. It's about 
it's about the things that happen in in the building. Um, and you're and, dead smack in the middle of New York City, the 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 right the the, the greatest city in the entire world. It's exactly. You can't know, get I, any I think I think it's hard when you're going to a Rangers Predators game on a Tuesday to kind of get to feel the same kind of passion that you know I've I've been to to Ranger playoff games where they've won in overtime and you hear the crowd there it's just everybody is how do I explain this I mean it just feels it feels different you know it it feels different than going to a regular arena and I I it's that's the thing it's like maybe msg is better left unexplained because we can't we can't really put it into words it's it's madison square garden that's it's really tough that's you could you explain it by just saying the name uh let me explain it to you it's madison square garden that's all you have to say right again the, the history of it and i think that once you understand and comprehend the history of something and things that have happened there, things that have took place there, and you know that there there are things that have happened there that are never that never happened anywhere else, and I think that's that's what you have to kind of understand going in. So when you can say, "Oh, I I saw I saw the Rangers uh, beat the Canadians in Game Six uh, to win the Eastern Conference." Uh, which, yes, I was there for. Um, it was absolutely incredible. An electric crowd, just everybody hugging and chanting and screaming, and everybody was just in love that night. And that was probably, you know, out of five Pearl Jam shows that I've seen at the Garden and other shows that I've been to at the Garden, that was probably has to be my favorite moment there. But um, I think one of the first times I ever went to the Garden was that Chili Pepper show that we went to. Yeah. And yeah. was that Chili Peppers Mars Volta? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, Queens of the Stone Age, right? Yeah, Queens of the Stone Age played that night. So, you know, when I think back to how excited I was to go to that, because when we lived on Long Island as kids, and my my parents were never big travelers, uh, especially public transportation. And they didn't like driving into the city and dealing with that those kind of things. So, growing up a Ranger fan, I always asked them. I was always like, "Can I? Can you take me to a Ranger game?" And they they said, "No, it's a pain in the ass to go to a Ranger game." So, uh, I would go to Islander games, and I would hate it. Uh, I would ask, "Can I go to a Yankee game?" No, you have to take like uh, three subways and this train and this train. We're not doing it. It'll it'll take nine hours to get there, and then so. They took me to, to Shea Stadium instead. And I guess that's why I became a Met fan, because it was just easier to get there. But I think that's why it was such a, I don't know, it, it, it was such a temple to an, an expedition to get there, because it had taken 15 or 16 years of begging, and then I finally did go. So, you know... Um, I made it special. That's all I can say. It's a special place. It is. It is. So to kind of understand the first show at MSG, you have to understand what was going on at the time during this little East Coast swing. Uh, the, the East Rutherford show that happened 
two or three nights beforehand um they there were fans in the crowd giving out signs that just said breath on it and it was really the first time that there was an online petition to get a song to be played or to get them to do something so you know this is very very early on in the internet anyway uh message boards are you know they're tough to get to whatever and you know not everybody has computer not everybody has america online whatever excuse you want to make um but this was the first real petition to get something to happen breath had not been played since 1994 and uh it really started the east rutherford show and we'll talk about it more during this show uh but really the story through this show is kind of what would happen the next night which we're not going to cover for another month but you know it's good to know this stuff going in um you know just sort of the history of it they did not play breath this night it was an it was it was played on night two uh but that's really kind of the story of night one leading into night two was are they going to be playing breath uh the next night so um you know again historic arena and it's the first time they're playing it and you know a little hesitant uh as they start off um they kick it off with long road and why don't we play it to start the show like this is a, a bit of a slower version of the song compared to what we're used to hearing currently um it might be closer to what was the recorded version although it did feel a little slower a lot of people wrote in and said it was the highlight of the night for them so you know um i've seen it open with it a couple of times uh you know it's it's not an uncommon opener but i think that 
people get really excited to hear it. Yeah, they definitely do, and I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't like this song. I've never liked Long Road. I don't know, man. It's like there's nothing catchy about it. There's, I, I, I like it. And I think I disagree with you. I, I don't think there's, there's nothing to it. I think that, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of emotion being poured out of it. I think that if you listen to the lyrics, that, um, the lyrics are kind of deep and mindful, and and you know. Uh, have a lot of perspective and I think I kind of I don't, I don't know if I put the lyrics up there with present tense as, as some of the best lyrics that Eddie has come up with but man like if you listen to it it might not be the most catchiest of songs but the lyrics can kind of change a mindset it, it, you know when you get if moves, I don't attach or or connect with the music of a song yeah, the lyrics are great, but I'm not I'm not connecting with the music. I don't I don't think it's I, I'm not it's not catchy. It doesn't get stuck in my head. So that's like step one for me. The lyrics could be great, but if it's to a, a song that I don't care for, then it's not really going to do anything for me. And it's always very like like I've said before, Eddie centric, you know, and it's kind of, hey, look at me type type of thing. And, I disagree with that. Uh, I, I, can't, I, I disagree don't like it. it. It's. I get it stuck in my head. I don't see why you can't. I, you know, I again, it's not their most catchy song, but I think it does is a song that does resonate with a lot of people, and it sticks to you sometimes. And you have to be in a certain mood to really appreciate the meaning of it. This one bounces right off of me. Yeah, you know, you're just you're you're scrooging past Christmas here. Why? Because I don't like one song. I, <laughs> I told you, I'm not blowing Eddie Vedder in this podcast. If I don't like a song, I don't like a song. All right. That's that's fine. I, You know, people got on me for not liking Gotsum really early on. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if Long Road is more higher on the, the scale than Gotsum. I would assume it is. But I don't, I don't know. Just, just watch out. Just watch out for fan mail. I don't give a. You, you could you could say whatever you want to me. It's not going to change my mind about a song. Yeah, it's it's Eddie centric. It's kind of boring. It doesn't stick with me at all. The one the one thing I will say about this version that it, I I thought the crowd was tame for it. Um, I think hear, the crowd's tame kind of all night. That's something that we're going to get to as well. Yeah, it's it's not the best, but I think there are moments where you do hear the crowd, and the crowd does kind of pick it up a little bit but it says he doesn't give a fuck how you paid to get your, get your ticket and we don't give a fuck uh how you got in um i guess that's that's a reference to ticketmaster and them uh being able to play the garden for the first time so he said right before we walked out here somebody said you might sell 30 million records you might play all over the country but you ain't shit until you play the garden so here we are uh that goes into corduroy and Corduroy does not sound good. And that's, I think, has to do with some of the the energy that the band has, some of the technical difficulties. I think that intro is not crisp. I think that Ed's voice sounds a little lazy and the band seems a little out of sorts. I don't think it sounded bad. It it was, it was just kind of 
boring. We've seen such good corduroys, and uh, even when corduroys aren't great, they're super energetic. Like I sometimes I'll say I don't really like the early '90s type style of corduroys. How Eddie would scream it and be really angry. I I didn't think that was adding to the song, but at least the band was kicking ass on it. You know, this was this was kind of um, I've seen so much better though. Yeah, no, this was so it was. I don't want to say bland, but it was. Definitely, I felt like they weren't warmed up yet. Yeah, it was. It did not set a great pace for the show. I think that their the momentum that they were trying to bottle up momentum for certain songs in the show, and once they kind of gained a little momentum, I think that they lost a little momentum as quick as they gained it. And yes, that that happens a bunch of times where they have great momentum and they're they're doing really well, they're pushing ahead, and then the next song it kind of dies back down to this corduroy, basically. Uh, there are so many up and down points. It's really weird. Right. It's tough because I think that, you know, when you come out early in the show, you really need to, to show a crowd that you're into it, that you're, you're, you're in it for them, that you're, you're going to kick ass tonight, and corduroy did not... To me, it didn't really feel like that was setting that tone for the crowd. That if they're here in corduroy, it's like okay, cool. But I don't think that they're really there yet. It's not all yet, all there yet. So, um, goes into brain of Jay. Uh, it sounds like there are some audio issues. And again, the song's off to a bad start, but they they find their groove in it. Yeah, Mike comes alive in this one. This is a point where, again, I feel like they find momentum out of Corduroy. I, you know, it's a good sign, but it doesn't really last for long. But right off the bat, though, Stone was showing me a lot of energy. <laughs> he's doing his, he's doing his his steps, his little shuffle. He was, it was like every single song. But uh, I'm like, <laughs> wow, it, wasn't counting steps at that time. That uh, yeah, in his Fitbit. But I'm like, Stone is Stone came out hot this night and it takes the rest of the guys a little bit longer to get there jeff i thought was asleep a few times i don't know weird start i thought brandon j sounded good i thought it was a little rocky in the beginning but yeah, yeah. The, the momentum picked up i think ed's i think ed was shrieking a little too much on it i think that he wasn't um there was no balance between singing and screaming in the song yeah. that's what i like out of the song yeah, I couldn't tell if it was. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was like a audio quality thing or if it was. I thought it was a little screamy though myself. So if you if you heard that too, then then uh, we agree on that. Yeah, that's a real theme early on. I think technical difficulties really kind of hurt this. Um, last exit, I, I I thought had some blips and flubs in there. Yeah, another one that overall was good, but. Uh, right, it, it wasn't, but you heard that yeah, there's something going on with Mike's guitar. Yeah, there's so many there's so many parts in this this kind of beginning set where there's something breaking something up momentum wise or 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 song wise or performance wise. And I, I guess it's just it's it's equipment problems. And I think that the band is hesitant because they're so worried about, um, you know how they're sounding. They're trying to listen to themselves while they play. I think that's what it is. I think there's just hesitance there that they're trying to listen to themselves and they're not quite confident with what's going on. They're not quite confident with uh, their equipment and some of the technical difficulties. And I think that 
that's probably why there's hesitation early on. It's not like it's bad. Uh, I didn't think that this was a bad last exit at all. Uh, no, I just, no. The, everybody needs to gel and be on the same page. And when uh, Mike has has a guitar problem, but you know Stone is okay on the other side, then you know this can't just be a a stone show. Everybody has to be on the same page. Stone was fine pretty much the whole night. I, this was a stone show for me. This was stone was, was on top, but when you, when you start to have difficulties like that, you, it doesn't matter how professional you are, how many times you've done it. There's a bit of a panic moment there where you got to figure out something really fast and you got to fix it fast. Or if it was working perfectly or everything was, was gelling and jiving really well in sound check or the, at the show the night before, whatever it is, when when something comes up, it, it could be jarring and and uh, it could throw you off completely performance wise. Yeah, and you know, I thought for a second, and I did, I went back and I looked. I'm like, oh, could it could it have been something? Could it had something to do with uh, Cameron being in the band, and and was he still getting used to things? I don't think that was ever a problem because I think that they always had chemistry with Matt. Yeah, and I was I was just gonna say too quickly that um, I thought Cameron was killing it on this show. Uh, he's super tight. He's a monster on on this show. I I totally agree with that, and I think he's um, at this point he still hasn't found his voice in the band. So if you're hearing, I think uh, later on, uh, Hell Hell is a really good example of this. He's playing Hell Hell like Jack plays Hell Hell. Yes, yeah, you know what I'm saying. He. he yeah, he hasn't he hasn't figured out MFC in in Pearl Jam yet. He's still he wasn't an official member at this point. He was still just kind of filling in because Soundgarden had broken up. So, uh, but yeah, he sounds tight. He's he, you know according to things that I've 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 read, he had some technical issues as well that people running up and trying to fix his bass drum mic and uh, tightening the cymbals uh, while he's playing and everything like that. So it, it's not perfect by any stretch so you have that you mix it in with a dull crowd and uh you know the 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 overbearing first time at msg as a full band and it's just there's a lot of stuff going on so i i i I get it i get it so going back to some of the technical difficulties equipment issues there's a long delay before going into giving a fly and you can tell that they're working with mike they're trying to they're trying to fix something you can see uh mike has a new guitar and he's toning uh he's tuning up with, with jeff and he's trying to get in tune and uh uh it gets on the mic and he says we'll pretend this place doesn't have a roof and uh they get into giving a fly so what I want to hear from Given a Fly here, because this is really interesting, is like right before the second verse, uh, you can hear Mike give his guitar away after the first chorus and kind of get a new guitar and he starts playing it and immediately dumps it. So through that almost the whole second verse, this is just all Matt. You're just listening to Matt the whole entire time, which I... I love, I think it's kind of different, but um, McCready goes through three guitar changes during this little part here. So I want you to listen to it and just kind of notice what's going on. And then once McCready gets his uh, good guitar back, you can hear the crowd finally 
figures it out and gets into it. It, it, it's, It's a pretty fun listen. Has that ever happened to you before? Uh, I haven't had to do that. Uh, I've had to fix and change some stuff on the fly, of course. Uh, or, or, you know, my guitar player, if you break a string. Uh, it's a little difficult uh, uh, doing what we do. Is You know, we can't bring a lot of gear, so we don't have this unlimited amount of guitars that we can just keep switching. So sometimes you just have to quick change the string on the guitar and, and, and keep playing. But I can only imagine playing a song where you are playing the lead part and it's basically just you. This is and, his song. Yeah. Yeah. And something's, any, any and, song and that's his song. It's this. Yeah. And you're at Madison square garden and something's not, something's not happening here. And you got to basically just stop in this song that you're the lead focus of. I can't imagine. <laughs> he was, I know the guy has Crohn's disease, but I don't think he needed that to be shit in his pants at that point. No, you know? just no. probably just so stressful and terrifying. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely he. Look, th- those are variables that you don't expect going into these shows, either the band or the fans. You don't take into account that these things are going to happen and when they do happen it, it does kind of throw you off a little bit like know? i said sound check could have gone perfect and their their shows the the couple nights before were probably perfect too and it's yeah you, you can't expect this type well you have to expect that you're working with this stuff that you know is not completely maintenance free but you don't it's it's scary <laughs> you know to, to think about I, I have to play later, and I'm, my, my hands are getting sweaty just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, you're going to have to go through like three bass changes tonight. Oh, goodness. Uh, you know what? I might just load up my car with all my extra gear just in case cause I'm <laughs> freaking out right now. Um, all right, next up is Animal. Uh, the crowd is starting oh, to get wait, into uh, it. Randy, I'm sorry. I, I just meant to ask you, after all that went down, what did you think of the uh, – I know you're not the, the biggest Given a Fly fan live, but what did you think of the rest of it? Um, it was kind of in between where I like it in the set and the pace that I like it. Um, you know, I, I like it at a slower pace. It wasn't the fastest pace, so that was okay. 
the part in the set. I don't know. I, I, I would like it. I would rather have heard animal and dissident before that and then go into giving a fly. But it's... I t- yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, and I'm glad you said in between. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about more like tempo stuff like that. Yeah, placement. Yeah. I thought it was in between. Like, I felt like it, it just needed some kind of extra push. I thought there was just something a little bit missing there. I thought it was good after everything was fixed. And, what was and, missing and was the proper time. guitar. What was missing was half half the song with, with half the guitar, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. So. But, yeah, it was, it's momentum. I think momentum is like the key word here for this for this show. I agree. I agree. Um, and it's, look, I, I, feel like, I feel like Animal picks up a little bit of momentum. I feel like the crowd gets into it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the, the, it, it, you know, maybe a soft crowd, but I think this sounds fine. I thought this was a good animal. Yeah. Is this a spot that you like it in? It's not my favorite spot. Uh, if, if it had switched spots with given a fly, if it was animal dissident, given a fly, that would, that would be fine. Yeah. I, yeah. Given a fly spot is always, I'm very skeptical of it, but, um, I I guess I get why they wanted to break it up, but honestly, you have after Animal, you have four in a row that are all radio hits. You have Dissident Jeremy Daughter Even Flow. Right. And that to me, for people that are like us, maybe not as much dissident, uh and dissident sounded pretty good actually. It did. I think yeah. Eddie Eddie hit all of his high notes. I was I was really impressed with it. This was another one where the momentum was coming back. It was a, it was a Agreed. really good performance. Agreed. Um, you can even hear after going into the bridge. I think Eddie uh, lets out a little woo. He's like woo, almost like he he hit us. He, he was really happy that he hit his spots. So that he's like, okay, now we're we're starting to get somewhere. Now we're starting to feel it. This could be something going good here. But you know, for somebody that might be in the crowd that is. Uh, a constant goer, uh, uh, you know, that goes to a lot of shows that kind of um, wants to see different things mixed up and in between a little bit. Um, you got four radio singles in a row. So for you, it might it might burn the momentum a little bit because you might just be burnt out on on Jeremy Daughter and even flow in a row. This to me was like, the example of freshman MSG set construction. I think maybe they, it seems like they did it on purpose. Like let's do these in a row because they're what, a get they're, them out of the way or no, not like you get it out of the way. More like they're, they're, they're popular, they're radio hits and we're at Madison square garden. So let's right. That, you know, that's the thought process that, that's how it came across to me. Their their thought process on that. It could be a complete coincidence, but that's how I saw it. Uh, it was more more of a they did that because of where they were. Right, and if we want to go from dissident to Jeremy, this is where momentum gets lost again. I think you gain momentum on animal dissident, and you're kind of back to a level like, oh, we could do this. And then something happened during Jeremy where it was just it was off. It was. It did not sound good to me. Yeah, and we've been saying how we've we've really really loved Jeremy as of lately. 
it's it's become this isn't even a good spot for it here no it's not a good spot at all it it's a weird spot and it was it was dull it was dull and the reason why i've i've started to really like jeremy and daughter is because in the 90s and and recently they've been it's passion yeah they, they've gone from cool downs to really kick-ass songs right this was not that at all no it felt it felt tired they felt tired already it felt like you know they had to labor through the show a little bit and and toward the end uh ed kind of sounds disinterested in it i i i don't know if I, i look I can't tell that to the guy's face and say, hey, you were disinterested in this Jeremy at MSG, weren't you? And, you know, he could have been like, hell no. I was I was into the whole show. This was this was MSG. I don't want to get in his head. But to me, listening to it back and maybe thinking about people in the crowd, I, I just I just don't think that the whole entire thing was put together. Well, yeah, and a great example of that is it it carries over right into daughter and Jeremy and daughter. What I don't know what the fuck. That's why it's a why? bad combo. Why? Yeah, it's a and bad if, combo. It's it's a to anybody to anybody that likes radio hits. It's not even that great because it's just like it, it feels almost like pandering. A little bit, a little bit, and that lull that they were going through in Jeremy where it I thought it started off pretty good and then it was like oh it started to drag and it it started to uh, fall apart a little bit and that led right into daughter and I didn't think this daughter was that remarkable either no I look I'm I'm always the more that we do daughter the more critical I'm gonna be on it um I think that's good though because like we've said we've heard really really incredible Jeremy's and daughters so I, I think we've both been getting a little bit critical on, on those songs, more than we should, but it's because they've been impressing us, which yeah. kind of, we, we didn't really expect to happen. It's it's tough. It's really... I I haven't been impressed by Daughter in a long time. For Jeremy, I've been impressed, but like I listen to this Daughter, I'm just like, it's just another freaking version. There's nothing special about it. There, It's just... It's just there. This was a run-of-the-mill performance of, yeah. of Daughter. What I will say here is that um, they tagged it with uh, the mother hear me. And yes. I had thought of that. I had heard it live once before, and I realized what it, what it's from. Uh, this is around the time where they're, they're taking uh, recordings for Live on Two Legs. Sure. And I think that that live on two legs version. It's weird to say live on two legs, by the way, our namesake. sort of. <laughs> Kind of. I, I wrote L O two L on my, uh, in my notes. Um, I think that was the same version they used on, uh, on that album that goes right into even flow, which I think brought momentum back. Did you like this even flow? No, yeah, I agree. I thought this even flow was terrific. Actually. Okay. Uh, there were two points in this set that really stood out it was even flow here and i believe it was the end of a live where i said oh see that's that's what i've been looking for because mike because mike was you were feeding off mike's energy exactly those were the two spots where mike was yeah where i said that because stone all night like i said great 
Jeff Jeff is so fun to watch sometimes, and it wasn't it wasn't happening on this one. Yeah, it didn't feel like Jeff played a major role. Um, no, he was he was it was sad because I felt like he was like strictly a bass player. Yeah, yeah, and, and, at the show, and you don't, and maybe that's why Jeremy just didn't sound good because that is a that's more of a Jeff song, and that's entirely maybe Jeff was Jeff was off. You know, that's, I don't know, but even flow did sound really good. Mike sounded really good in it. Um, I thought that you, you say that this was stone's best night. Stone had the best night of the band. I thought that Mike had the best night of the band. Uh, everything that I read said that his energy, he was during, you know, the even flow and, uh, and do the evolution type songs. He was just running around and he was, uh, right. Right. He was so, really trying to rub things up, remind them that they're in the garden. Exactly. So what I noticed was I thought Mike's playing all night was absolute top notch, but, uh, I didn't think he was like full out McCready all night, but the moments of the show where the momentum revs back up is all because of McCready. Yes. Agreed. Totally agree. There are some parts where he's, He's not all there either. You know, again, he was having some technical problems, but his playing was awesome. But when he got into full McCready mode that we see in basically every single song during a set these days, that is when the momentum picks back up in this show. Agreed. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. That's, you know, when you go to a show and you say, oh, that was pretty good. You don't, sometimes you don't realize in the moment what's going on and, and why it was okay or pretty good rather than, holy crap, that was awesome. And I say that because it's less about the songs and it's more about how, you know, you're, you're as good as your, uh, uh, your next day's starting pitcher type line. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, even flow might have killed it, but you got in hiding coming up next, and in hiding has to kill it too, or else you lose them, and you lose that momentum. And I thought in hiding was fine. Um, I thought it was just fine. Yeah, I thought that, I thought there was something a little off about it. It was slower. I don't mind it a little slower though. I thought it sounded good. It was just. Something off, something off about it that didn't make it great. Here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to say this and see if you agree with me on this. I think since we, we've heard the song at Vic theater, um, it's one of those, I've gone through these phases of, of songs that I've, have been really high on my list because of, of a live version I've been really into. There's one live version and you're like, oh, if I hear it like that. yeah, Yeah. And that's in hiding for me. So now in hiding has a bar that it needs to reach. Yeah. And it's almost never going to reach the bar that the Vic reached. That's so that is, that's reaching for the stars, but it really is. It really is. But, um, you just got to find the, the right crowd. That's going to give that to you. I, I don't think it's impossible. Uh, you just have to hope you get it in a set and you have to hope the crowd there is going to give you the same reaction that the Vic had. Right. So it's not completely like <laughs> out of reach. It's just no. it, it's just, you know, you but have to you keep... can t- you can tell when there's one that's just a tad bit off in compared to the one that was like 
the best one you've ever heard. The be- one of the you best performances of like yeah. any any one of their songs ever. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. So look, that's a that's a high, that's a high high praise. It's a high mark that you have to reach. So definitely, you know, look, Ed is hitting all the notes that he has to, but sure, I think overall he sounds exhausted doing it. I don't know if it's he might be nervous. I mean, it might be just a nervous night. I don't know. <sighs> Yeah, it, it's tough to it's tough to get in their heads. One the one last note I had about it was the ending set was just Stone by himself, and it sounded really lonely. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm trying to say? I do. Yeah, like I I think it isn't it usually just Stone and Mike just uh, uh kind of finishing off at the end there, and I think it was just Stone, and it just sounded. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounded kind of just sad instead of like resolved, you know? Yeah. The ending's usually resolved there. All right. So from that into shit that you got, um, energy is still, it's okay. The momentum hasn't really shifted in either direction, but it's not, uh, I didn't feel like there was a hundred percent passion on it. Uh yeah, not my not my favorite performance of this song, but it wasn't bad. No, but again, like that's one of those things. It's just again the momentum thing. Like if you're if you're there hearing it at the show, you're like, cool, I got I got shit, I like the song. But there's a difference between one of their shows where they really gel and they have the momentum, and they could play this at one of those shows. I think that that Buffalo show that I went to this, this song really uh, stood out during. Um, And like that show had momentum the whole way through. Right. This, it kind of dies a little bit. So you don't come out of it and saying, cool, I like that song, but it's just, it's the whole show in general that kind of loses its luster a little bit. So, you know, they might play a song that you like, but, might not matter in the grand scheme of things whether it's the best performance of it or not you know what i'm trying to say yeah i do okay uh, i might not know what i'm trying to say so no I, yeah you, you just I, I think you i think you made a good point uh, so i i don't really have anything to add to it because it's yeah. it's just a good point yeah yeah it's i mean energy is the energy and you know it's uh it needs it needs to proceed into the next song so uh ed talks says that that one was obviously written with Neil Young. Um, says that him and Mike played in MSG for a Bob Dylan tribute uh, six or so years prior. And I, there was a story I was reading about that, that after that show, they're still really new. Ten was really early in its release. And I think that's the first night they really hung out with Neil. Could that have been the, the start of the beautiful father-son friendship that's what i thought i read i i at one point i i was i was going i got the pj20 book for christmas and i was going through it and i was just reading random passages including shows that we had already covered um and one of the things was about that bob dylan tribute and bob dylan they all went to some bar in the city that night and they went up to Bob Dylan. I guess they Eddie asked them for some advice on how to deal with the media, how to deal with the fans, and how to deal with the 
the criticism and everything like that. And, and Bob Dylan was just like, lose it all. Just forget about every single bit of it. It doesn't matter. Focus on your music and that's it. What everybody says, it's not going to matter in the long in the long game in the long scheme of things. And I think like, I think there were a lot of different stars there. I think George Harrison was there. I think uh, I think Ed told the story about how Danny Harrison was there, and he was like an eight year old. <laughs> so they met Danny Harrison for the first time. That's cool. I think that was that night. So there, it was a star studded event, you know. Um, so I wish, I, I wish I knew what page it was on. I can go find it right now and, uh, and kind of read the passage for it. But I, I, I want to say that that was a real, that was one of the first times that they really got to talk to Neil and, and Neil kind of figured out like this band is legit. This is, this is, this is going to be the future of music going forward. So, um, but he also said that Mike was drinking heavily at that time and doesn't really remember being there. It's it's possible. Yeah. So, uh, then Mike allegedly acted as if he were wobbly and drunk on stage. (laughs) Um, better man here. And how is the momentum coming into better man and how is better man, uh, sucking in the momentum? The, the running theme here, it's a song that sounds good but again it's it's not the better man we know now and and it's uh i don't like i don't you know what i i i do kind of like the spot because i think it works well with the time period and with the other songs that they were doing but man it's just this show has been showing me that when you compare it to what we know now and what we see now how much better it is right i think i think a lot of that has to do with just the energy that they grasp from from the fans and the, uh, in the tag, um, it's more of a showman showmanship. It's more it's a better act than it was back then. Back then it was just a song. It's just uh, a song, exactly. Yeah. Now yeah. it's a performance with uh, "Save It for Later," yep. uh, "Don't Run Away," all that stuff. That wasn't they didn't tag with that at the time. I'm not sure when they started to tag with the with "Save It for Later," but. Um, I don't think, I don't think if if you're not tagging with Save It for Later, it does work here. But if you are tagging with it, it, it I think it belongs later in the set in an encore spot, that kind of thing. Right. It, it it's such a big build to the end of the song, and everyone loves to sing along and and bounce and dance to that to that tag. So that's what makes it work as a as, as this big enter. So without it, this this spot for it isn't bad. But it's not; it hasn't become the showstopper yet. Right? Yeah, it's it needs a little extra oomph. Um, I mean, it's still wildly popular, and it's still of course it sounds good. It's a it's a decent performance, but it's so funny to to listen to the old Better Man's because they're they're not what the, it's not what it is now. No, no, they they you know a lot of people come out of the show saying that Better Man. Even even if they are a hardcore fan that's seen Better Man a hundred times, they'll say Better Man was the highlight of the night just because the of the energy. Uh, I, I I still say that sometimes. Sometimes I come out and I'm like, "Yep, there's, Bet, they, Better Man did it again. That was yeah. that was the best part, you know." But back then, I think it was just kind of 
it sounded like they played the radio version. It sounded yeah. like a shortened version, and you know, that's all right. But uh, I think that momentum picked up on Do the Evolution. Absolutely, out of Better Man. Um, I think the crowd is is really into Stone Solo, um, and the band is kind of back back in it here. Definitely, definitely, absolutely. This is, and it's it's obvious in the in the in the audio and on the video. It's they're back to a hundred at this point. And Ed smashes mic stand. Yeah, what does I he am. say? He's like, he's like, can you? Uh, he's like, break the break the mic stand for Jesus. Or yeah, is that what Stone says. Stone. So Stone says, this is the power team. Break mic stands for Christ. And then Eddie for asks, yeah, Eddie asks. Uh, he says. I want them. I want them to bend the mic mic stand for Jesus. Yeah. So apparently he bends it in half, throws it in the crowd, and says, "Praise the Lord and hail Satan." I'm not sure. I got to watch the video again. I missed it, but it looks like the mic stand, I guess, had bent maybe during evolution. Oh, uh, okay. It was already slightly broken. Maybe he's. I don't know. So then they're saying, "Can you bend?" And he he picks it up and puts it behind his neck and just basically bends it behind his. It's funny. Yeah. Stone was definitely in a good mood this night. Because he was, he's he, in a great mood. He made fun of himself so often. And I think, okay, so the next song is All Those Yesterdays. And it's not as bad as I thought it was. I, I, a lot of the comments that, uh, that I've read about this was, wow, they, they, they fucked up All Those Yesterdays. But the song sounded good. Stone, we, Stone played the entire song, that lead guitar part that he does, absolutely note for note and then they they get on ending they get on him a little bit for this little awkward ending that i said do you want to play it yeah i do i I, like maybe maybe just that little end after the there's no it's no crime to to escape that kind of part yeah there yeah why don't why don't we hear all that and and we'll let We'll let you decide whether whether or not this was a really bad fuck up. Apparently, Stone thought it was. So here it is. So did so did Eddie.
Did you think it was as bad? You didn't think it was so, that bad. No, I, di- I didn't think it was that bad because, uh, like I said, it's not like he was out of tune or he was in a different key. It was just, it, it was different. He messed it up a little bit. Big deal. It just, I, I feel like I, they didn't land the ending. That, that was it. Yeah, it was, it was super, j- it was janky. It was a little janky. Yeah, he gets on himself. Yeah, I thought the whole solo part was a little sloppy, a little janky, and you kind of see Jeff, and he's looking over, like, what's going on? And uh, I like how he gets it on himself. You see his face, and he squinches his eyes, and he, like, throws his pick away, and he's like, oh, I messed that up. But what really pissed me off was then Eddie's like, oh, you're uh, you're playing uh, Madison Square Garden for the first time, and you completely fuck up one of the songs. I'm like, fuck you, dude. He, d- It's not that bad. I'm like, give Stone a break and let him sing. Yeah, that I, I think that's why everybody... You know, when when somebody says something like that, you don't know any better until that that really pissed me off, man. For some reason, that got under my skin. I'm like, I know it was a joke, and they're not, they weren't serious about it. But come on, give him a break. He played that entire song absolute note for note, and he's got that lead part, man. It's yeah, and that's that's one of the. I think in the Garden DVD, Eddie mentions, you know, this is uh, we've played here a couple times before. We had a really good show here. We had a not so good show here. Hmm. And I, I don't know what's going through the band's head. I, it, I've read interviews where they've said night two was one of their favorite shows they've ever played. Yeah. So, I mean, next month when we cover that, that should be all, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy there. Um, but along with that, I think they've always said that they were really disappointed in this show and maybe, the little mistakes really stood out to them that that they couldn't capitalize off of them. Well, I I do want to give just a little bit of a teaser to next month that night two set list is incredible. It is. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty awesome. It's not even that crazy or shocking or anything. It's just it's just really good. Yeah, and I think most people listening kind of know the story and kind of know that that was their first foray at MSG to to make them that kind of band that plays those kind of places. I feel know? like I feel like this set list as a whole was put together nervously. I think it seems like just a nervous Yeah, and it's not even safe. safe nervous. I don't think it's safe nervous. I think it's like in some spots maybe, but I feel like it 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 it, it looks like it I looks like it guessing. was made to to be a play it safe type set, but it's not. I, I don't. I don't know. I, it's yeah, tough. It, it's really tough to describe. The, to me, the set second guesses itself. So, uh, yeah, it does. Uh, all right, so we're ending the first first set here. It's only sixteen songs to end the first set, which is kind of nuts. But um, uh, they're ending with a live. McCready's energy, we mentioned this before, it's just fucking top-notch. The solo here is awesome. And I think he's doing uh, um, Iron Man. Is it Iron Man or War Pigs that he's doing during this? I can never remember what what song that solo is. Now I can't remember. <laughs> I haven't listened to Black Sabbath in so long. I know, me either. Warpix is like one of my favorite songs too. <laughs> right. The end of uh the end of Alive here though is awesome. Their their energy yeah. is is uh right up top again. Agreed. And I, I think that 
I think that their encore overall was pretty good. So that could have brought their confidence up and brought their momentum into the encore. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's where we are now. We're in the encore. Uh, in between when the band is, uh, is on smoke and piss break, um, you see some security guards walk out on stage and they're dropping boxes all in a row on stage. There are yep. 18 of them. The Secret Service. The Secret Service. Uh, and Ed talks to the crowd a little bit, and he mentions, he says, since New Jersey hasn't seen this kind of organization within a crowd. So New Jersey, this is what we mentioned before. New Jersey was two nights ago, and everybody at this point is holding up their breath sign. Um, and he, he acknowledges that. He, 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 the crowd is, is campaigning for them to play breath. And it's really at a high point here. Um, so Ed kind of jokes around. He said they had an off day between the two shows. And somebody popped him a Viagra. And he really didn't have uh, time to learn breath because he was off doing <laughs> something else six or seven times. Six or seven times. Yeah. So I think that's a good excuse. If he were to use an excuse. So, um, yeah. And then we get into Kenneth Starr. Yes. <laughs> um, the whole thing looking back was just an abomination. It was so stupid. But yeah, um, he says that Ken Ken Starr and his group wanted backstage passes, and he said he'd do it only if he had a copy of the report. So all of those boxes that were on stage are all the boxes of the report. So he says box number three says something about cigars and masturbating. So that's a good one to start with. Yeah, he got a good reaction from that. Yep, and he he rambles a bit through this, and he says, how the hell do we have 18 boxes worth of information? We have no business knowing this, and he doesn't give a fuck, the crowd doesn't give a fuck, and if we don't give a fuck, it doesn't have anything to do with the government or our freedom or anything that's going on overseas. And, uh, and it's more, and he keeps just kind of continuing to ramble there. Yeah, uh, fun fact, actually. The Star Report. I don't know if it was his. It was like his book, or or you know his his accounting, of, or whatever it was. That actually came out the next day on on uh, the eleventh. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. That that that's that's funny. I, I maybe they knew. Maybe they had advanced copies. I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna guess things like that are that are in the news so often. Yeah, they were they were aware. Ignore. I'm sure they were aware. It's it. You know, they they keep on top of that. But I thought that was a funny little way to start off the because it was totally relevant. So right, and Ken Starr um, turned out to be an outstanding citizen. Um, you know, allowing Baylor football players to remain in the college while uh, being accused of of rape on campus. So there's that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was that. That's why I hated working for ESPN in my last couple of years. Because I had to deal with that shit. Yeah, right. It, it was, there was no more sports. Sports were, were over. Nope. No it was sports. about people. And it was about what, you know, LeBron didn't like this teammate or this person didn't like this person. Um, and I covered a real lot of trashy stories that I'm embarrassed to, to even talk about. Um, so... Yeah, that that happened, and I worked on that Baylor story a lot, and that that story really pissed me off. So that that was kind of 
maybe we could save some of those embarrassing stories for another Patreon only episode. Yeah. Uh, the Ray Rice video came out on my birthday. So that there was, you go. Perfect. That was one thing. <laughs> uh, all right. They start off the encore with wish list. Uh, I thought, I thought it sounded really kind of dull and like, you know, I, I thought it had that like lazy tired sound to it, but at first, but I think that I think he gets into it more as he goes on. Oh, okay, good. I, I was, I was going to surprise you. Cause I was going to say, I, I thought this one sounded pretty good, but I was going to say, I thought it, it got good. Yeah. Not quite the middle, a little bit before the middle, it, it became a little bit more enthusiastic. So Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we feel the same way about that one. And uh, Eddie gave a shout out to the Secret Service during <laughs> the Secret Service. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought the I thought the encore as a whole, except for maybe like one or two parts, was was pretty good. And and right here is Rearview Mirror. And uh, I was you know we we haven't played a lot of songs because there aren't too many high point points and too many things to talk about. But I I thought I had to play Rearview Mirror here because this was one of the high, high, high points for me for this show. It could have been the the highest point besides the end of Alive, I think, for this show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have we ever played Rearview Mirror? We had to have. I can't remember. Well, if we're we going to change that, we'll change that. This now. is a perfect opportunity. Per- yeah. Fine. That's All fine right. with me. All right. Let's do it. from from this i just I, I just thought this was a really super energetic performance and comparing it to the rest of the show that didn't necessarily have that much energy i thought this was awesome it sounds great and the momentum is back this is where you want them for for an msg show especially with this song but with wishlist before it into hail hail and then black i i don't care for the placement it's it's a little strange it's a little bit of a strange spot, but but it, yeah, it, the the whole on the whole encore has has a weird vibe. Like it's played well, but it has a weird construction vibe to it. I, I, yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't want to be too critical coming off of our Patreon episode, which was you know a, just a twelve song set, and this is still this is the late nineties, so 
I don't want to be too critical about like uh, uh, the placement of rearview mirror because it's not what we know today. So it's not what I care for. I, I don't think right. it works that well here, but I, but I can't be too critical about it at the same time. You got to think of the time period and right. Like I was, I wasn't even thinking of the play. I was thinking more of the placement about hell, hell, just because you don't see it in the encore that often. Well, I think this, I think it all works together. I think the rearview mirror hail hail here uh, and, well, actually, and number 21 as well. There's a couple just <laughs> uh, curveballs here, but I'm just taking into account the time period. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pick it apart too much, but I think there could have been a, a, a little bit of a mix up on the encore, which could have made it a little better. I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. Yeah, the, I, think, the, I think the one you're. I think we're both thinking of the same exact thing. Okay. Um, hell, hell. What'd you think? Again, it's. I thought it was good. I thought they kept most of of the momentum from rearview mirror. Again, it's a strange spot. I think it should have come before rearview mirror, and I think black should have come before rearview mirror as well. But at least they kept up some momentum for it. I'm going back to the original comment that I had from this. Uh, that was way earlier in the show that Matt played the song like jack plays his song right exactly yeah that yep. there's more of like this the intro part has this like stutter stutter beat to it rather than a full beat that matt does nowadays i don't want to say it's loose but it's it, there's this forward motion to the drum parts that jack always had on the song one of the best parts of the entire song and and uh that's how matt's playing it yeah i, I it sounds exactly like what Jack did. And I think Matt, after a while, we mentioned this, he just kind of figured it out his own way and figured out the way that is comfortable to him and how he wants to play. And that's going to be really tough for a drummer to, I don't know if it's that, a drummer is kind of like a first baseman where you think it's really easy to just stand at first and, and catch a, catch a ball that 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 gets that that's hit as a grounder to, to third and it's it's a lot more difficult than you think you know what i mean yeah absolutely like it's a lot more difficult for a drummer to join in and learn all the songs and yes he can kind of get away with okay i know the pacing for this so i can keep i can at least keep pace but to learn all the songs, I think I, I think it's just I think there's there's difficulty to it. So I don't know. I, that's just my take. Yeah, but. you're going to completely change how a song sounds if you're not careful. You there's the fine line between putting your own spin on it and completely changing the way a song sounds. Like I, you know what I I like just before we move on. The, the one thing about Jack uh, that I liked was uh, it was one of the shows we covered. I think it was the makeup show. And San Jose. Yeah. The uh, the way he played Go in that show was he put his own spin on it, and it was my favorite interpretation of the drums on Go that I've ever heard. Yeah, I think I remember what you were talking about. It didn't change the sound of the song, but it was different enough to say, like, I, I, was, I noticed it right away, and I said, I, that's awesome. That sounds so good. Yeah, I, I think that um, I love when you notice the little differences with all three of the drummers. Um, and since we've covered a lot, enough of all three so far that we've, we've picked out, 
a lot of the differences. I we need to figure out Dave Cruzen at some point because I'm not really sure of Dave's lifestyle. You right. know what I mean? So at some point we'll have to do a, a, a Cruzen show and yeah. kind of figure out what he did on things. And it's a little different because he has a lot less songs to that he covered. So we mean we we should do a Matt Chamberlain show at some point too. Just kind of. It'll take about ten minutes. Yeah, just kind of get it out of the way. Uh, I don't really have many notes on Black. I thought it was a good version. Good version. Black is one of those ones that you want to be blown away by it. I I wasn't blown away by this, but it was a good version. Sure. Yeah, I wasn't blown away by it either, but I would have been happy to hear it. Um, I thought every one of the bands hit their mark on this song. Yep. If it's if it's not going to blow me away, I guess that's all I could ask for. Yeah. I, Again, not, you know, Black is one of those that's going to come up every other show. And uh, I I think they change it up enough where we're going to have, it's not going to be like Daughter, where we're not going to have a lot more to say than what we've originally said. But, um, you know, sometimes it, it just, it's there and it's good and, and there's really not much more to say it, right. everybody has their own uh, uh, relationship with it. So again, I, d- I didn't really have any notes on it. I don't know if I was just kind of no, trying to get, get through this one, but the next one is the one this we is have some problems. T- what? Oh boy. <laughs> what the I, hell? I really, I, what the I, hell? I, man, given a fly an elderly woman, I have so many issues with how they're used in the set. And I can't, man. This is this is a horrible spot for it. What you're what? about to end the show? Why? What? What's why? I, I don't know. It, it doesn't really make any sense. I, I think, especially after Black, you don't want to you don't want to come down after Black. You you want to you want to raise it back up. And not only that, but they're about to end the set in a way that I really don't care for, and then. Have, the way that the end is weird. We're gonna we're gonna get get into that. Yeah, but then to have elderly woman before your your two song ender. This was strange. That I don't care for. It is, ah, oh, dude. You know what I did? I didn't look at the set list actually before I listened to this. I I turned it on in the car. I got at the end and I'm like, oh, this it's not complete. This isn't a complete show on YouTube. I got to find the other tracks. I was like, oh, oh. wait, no, that was the end. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yep. That's, I think people in the audience were probably felt that way too. And we'll get yeah. into that in a sec. We'll, we'll talk about that for a little bit. But, um, uh, the one, the one thing I liked about elderly woman, uh, here that that's kind of funny is that when he said, uh, I seem to recognize your breath, everybody held up their breath signs. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And it's another one. It sounded fine, but I can't get over this placement, man. I just, I want to punch this elderly woman in the face because <laughs> it just makes me so mad here. So mad. Fucking up. And Stone says, we're dedicating it to all those yesterdays. It's, uh, and says it's kind of a tribute song. Gotta, gotta love Stone. Although we didn't hear that big of a, a screw up during all those yesterdays. They... Could this have been the reason why they didn't want to play all those yesterdays? 
live for all those years? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of you those know? things you want you want you, you want to play the song how you wrote it, and you're a professional band. You're playing at Madison yeah. Square Garden. I would like to think maybe it didn't stick with them that much just because of this one performance. But I could be wrong. It's funny they're creatures of habit, and I think once they get into hey, we've played we played that song and it sounded good. Let's let's continue playing it, and you know once it sounds bad, they're like okay, we're done with it. And so it's almost like a superstition. Yeah. Yeah, I think they called way too much attention to it as well. Yeah, they might. I don't know. It, it's it's tough to get in their heads. It's just it, we're we're just kind of looking on paper and kind of assuming what what they're thinking. But it could it it could be as simple as hey, Mike had this really good guitar that he used for this song, and he doesn't have it anymore, so we don't really really want to play the song anymore. Maybe. I don't, I, I'm again assuming it could be there could be more to it, and unless we get to talk to one of the band members, then you know we don't know. We're just gonna keep assuming. Yeah, uh, just one thing about fucking up, and and I don't mind it here, but because uh, the era, and when I think of live on two legs, I I think of fucking up. Um, because I think that was the first time that I heard it from from that uh, that album. Um, I just I just it brings me back to it, it reminds me of of 1998 because it feels like that's when they were playing the song uh, the most. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, and I thought it sounded really good here. I thought it it was a uh, well performed and and you know considering the. Uh, the lack of momentum or, or energy or whatever you want to call it throughout the night. Uh, this wasn't bad. It's just I don't care for the song, especially when it's thrown into like the second to last song, last song, third to last song in a set. There are it's, better options. It, it could sometimes just put me in a bad mood and just ruin the momentum for me, even though they'll have good momentum. That That's a... Uh, yeah, that's always like a flat tire for me towards towards this the was, end of a set. This was such a weird end. Elderly woman fucking up, and then then this. Um, all right, I think we need to play this whole part. Just just listen to how this ending came to be. Uh, we got one more. And, uh, this is. Uh, this is how we feel. No, no, no. We played that last night. We played that one in Georgia. We're trying something new. I know you're not the biggest Ledbetter fan, but take that out of the equation for a second. And... This kind of sucks that they're teasing it and they basically play the first little bit of it. And I mean, it's not going to, they're not going to close with it every single night, but, um, you know, you should give it to them. If you're going to do it, if you're, if you're going to do it, just, just give it to them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to leave it right smack dab in the middle of the equation. Actually, I would have preferred it here, actually. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. What? Like, I think the fans. You heard the fans there. They, 
they sounded pissed that they weren't getting it. I would have been. It's not the way to end tonight. It is. There's nothing remarkable or memorable or or even fun about it, to be honest. But about Ledbetter uh, or, or about Soldier about Soldier. It's oh yeah. I do I do like it. Like I like uh, it. It's it's a it's a nice song. I guess it's it's cool. I it's like an early encore song. It's not a closer. No. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. So here, what the what the hell is going on? Yeah. Give me yellow any day over this. Yeah, I think that was a lot of why people struggled to enjoy the show is because you could end the night with Ledbetter and you decided to go with something else. Soldier of Love at this point had only been played three times live. Right. I think it was, did they put it out as, uh, I think it was with Last Kiss that, that, that they recorded it with. Was that the uh, Last Kiss B-side? Yeah, I think so because uh, I think the whole story to this was that Ed bought a a forty five that had Last Kiss and on on the other side had uh, had Soldier of Love. Mm. So I think that that that's what they did, but I'm I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I thought I, I thought that's what I had read. So although they don't do lead better. Um, and the crowd is is obviously not very thrilled about it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been thrilled, especially if you if you if this is your first Pearl Jam show. I think you want to hear them close it light better. Like that was one of the that was one. I think when when I went to my first show, I said they have to close it light better. You know what I'm yeah, saying. I- I mean, you you don't like Ledbetter, but no, no. But to 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 just make the show make sense in some way, then it needed Ledbetter at the end. But it just does this, especially this ending. It just does not make any sense. No, but we're gonna play it anyway. We haven't talked about Soldier of Love at all. Let's play a little bit of it. The crowd is at least clapping along. I, yeah, but. Yeah, just in hopes that there's another song coming after it. Yeah, that's the most disappointing thing because maybe you're thinking, okay, they'll do Soldier of Love and then they'll do Lead Better, but that didn't happen. So, all right, let's 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 hear Soldier of Love and then we'll get back to talking about it. curfew thing they weren't the only band and they weren't doing their their spectacle show yet so right the five horizons report said that they had a uh, a strict 11 o'clock curfew they went on at nine this was a two-hour show uh and maybe Ledbetter was on the set and then ed 
because Ed says something like, "What what is he what does he say before going into Soldier of Love? We're playing something that we feel that uh, we're playing something that 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 is how we feel right now, or something like that." I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't write it down because I was so confused, I was so pissed about <laughs> Ledbetter. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the show is almost two hours to the minute. Yes. It's a weird closer, and um, I, that's that's all I got to say about that. That's it. So that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's your first MSG run, and it kind of it comes in with a bit of a whimper and goes out with a little bit of a whimper with with high and low points kind of scattered throughout. Let's let's rate this. How many how many shtick sh- men are you giving it? Uh, I've learned to take the time period into account and how they used to do things or, or, or whatever, but it doesn't matter what, what decade you're in or, or where they are as a band, there is still a good set and a bad set. And I thought this was a very strange one. Uh, and, and it was up and down. So it's, it's going to be a five. Uh, I'm just going to go, I'm going to do what the show is. I'm going to go middle of the road because it's a, it's, it's a very middle of the road show. Yeah, you know, there there's nothing here that saves it that I'm just like, but remember this, this is, you know, it's it's shining moment. There's no sh- I don't think there's a shining moment in this. I think there's some good spots and I think it's an okay show if you're going to see them live and it's the difference between like giving it a 5 and a 6. And when I'll, I'm more lenient on things and I give things a six or I, I do what I did for Moline and where I was going to give it a, an 8.5 and say, well, it was it was special enough that it deserves a nine. I don't think that this show is special enough to deserve a little extra credit. So I'm giving it a five, too, because I, I just don't think I don't think it really deserved much more. This set this could have been like a seven show. If they had some, something as simple as rearranging the set that they had played, they could have played the exact same set but mixed some songs around. And I think I could give it almost two points more just for that. Yeah, it has it has to go off with with what momentum they had on it too. And and if they were if they played if they played how this in the same kind of with the same kind of energy that. Uh, they brought to this show with a different arrangement, then it would still kind of be a five. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of hoping that maybe with some kind of rearranging of the set, they would have found this groove a little better than they found this night. I, I, I'm, I'm blaming more set construction on their on their momentum. So I could only hope that if it was rearranged a little bit, I could give this a, a much much better score. I'm blaming all the technical difficulties on their momentum. And, and That's a good point. To quote Bad Santa, well, they can't all be winners. That's when he gets the coconut chocolate. The coconut. The, uh, yeah. Oh, so. or is it a, he's like, isn't it a, a candy corn? Oh, it might have been a candy corn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just watched it like last week, so. Yeah, I, so did I. Yeah, it was on, it was on a few times. Yeah, I think we watched it off cable TV. It's the worst possible decision that you can... The absolute worst, but... Um, all right, well, we had a lot of people write in and participate with us, but it was tough to get stories 
I think people were just commenting and being like, hey, I liked it. I saw this. And like, okay, that, that helps us. It definitely helps us. But, um, you know, as far as stories to tell, there, there was one that I was able to, to pull out of, of this. Uh, a lot of people, I think, misconstrued the poster that I posted. And they thought that we were going to cover uh, Night 2. So they kept saying, I remember they played Breath. So if you want to if you want to have a conversation about that, we'll talk next month because we'll we'll do that show next month. So um, hold on to your horses. Save it for later. Save it for later. Uh, One one story and we'll we'll stick to it. Uh, This is from Frank Poor from Facebook. I saw Pearl Jam 96 at Randall's Island night two and was blown away. Knew very little about the band when I went and left on a high that lasted for days. Then I got every album they had out, listened to them over and over, and learned all the words so that the next time I saw them, I'd be ready. The first song they played at my second show, the one I studied up before by listening to on all their albums, was Long Road. I stood there listening to everyone else sing, singing along, thinking, what fucking album is this song? Of course, it's not on an album. Then later in the show, they played "I Got Shit," which was also hearing, which I was also hearing for the first time. So when I got home, I did a web search to see what I missed. Found a copy of Merkin Ball on eBay. Decided to order it and order a few more singles. Then went to see him again in Hartford a few days later. Says I like a band that can keep you on your toes. It's they absolutely can. Yeah, I mean that's you know, I I, I find that all the time. I, you know. There have always been songs that they've played live that even if I've had the album, I've been like, what is this again? Um, I didn't really get into Lost Dogs until, I don't know, after the first Wrigley show. Right. I I knew Lost Dogs and I knew a lot of stuff from Lost Dogs, but when they played Hold On, I didn't really register it because I think that's the last track off the first disc so once you get past you know all of the you know the early stuff like uh sad and and hitchhiker and alone and all that stuff i think you know once you hit gremmy out of control you're like okay i'll turn this off now so i i, I forgot about it uh hold on and great song it's, it's an awesome song but <laughs> Maybe we'll cover it someday. But yeah. uh, all right, uh, let's uh, serve them with public service. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know... Who you are. Always love when people write in uh, and say hello. 
give us some suggestions for shows. We're we're at a point right now we kind of have the next month uh, figured out and what we're going to do. But we're man, besides the MSG shows, we're open for pretty much the whole year. So keep them coming. Just keep you know keep us on our toes. Get get through get through to us on Facebook. Get through to us on on Instagram and Twitter and uh, shoot us an email at our Gmail account um, and. And just let us know what you want, because we wanna, we wanna serve you guys. We're not, we're not just listening ourselves. Not only that, but we have an idea of what we like, and and I think we pick things that maybe we know that we're gonna like, or that we think that we'll like, or it, it comes from uh, a certain era that we we really like. But we want you guys to show us some stuff that we maybe wouldn't think of and uh, surprise us because we want we want to be a little uh, surprised ourselves we don't want to just go into these shows saying oh yeah this is going to be good because i'm kind of familiar with it or i know the set surprise us give us give us some some crazy ideas yeah and i think that um location is really important too because we we're coming in the first the first show of the year we're doing a new york show we've done you know, East Coast shows, a lot of what we've done is East Coast shows because that's sort of, uh, that's our wheelhouse. Um, you know, we have another U.S. show next week. I, we're not, we're going to do a couple of U.S. shows in a row, and then we're going to do a, uh, a Canada show, our first Canada show. Eh? But we want to cover all of our bases here. I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different places are out there that we can we can cover too like you know we haven't done an italian show yet we haven't done a france show yet we haven't done uh, an ireland show yet so those ones if you have an idea in mind that you want to hear from uh, something from any era too um as long as they have bootlegs just let us know and the, the we'll... bootlegs are the important part it's like yeah. the it's the the gas in our tank basically this <laughs> This, yeah, might be a, this show might be really dry if if the bootlegs weren't so uh, so available. I don't know yeah. what the show would be like. <laughs> Just YouTube rips and uh, and me trying to 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 sing, <laughs> which nobody freaking wants. Um, but anyway, you know, like places places we haven't covered before. We've only done I think like two European shows. We haven't done England yet. For God's sakes. Right. You know, we we have to do we have to do a London show at some point. So those are the kind of things we're looking into and the eras that we're really high on at this point, anywhere from ninety six to, to 06, we want to cover. And you know, we'll get into other stuff at other points, but um, you know, we did a lot of verses, we did a lot of vitalogy, we obviously did backspacer and lightning bolt, so definitely uh, suggest some avocado and riot act. Yeah, definitely get us those shows. If you've been to them, we want to hear them. And there's there's going to be like a 90 percent chance we will do the show that you suggest if it was Avocado or Riot Act era. Right. We want to right. Especially yeah. especially Riot Act, because we want to we want to get on that real bad uh, yeah. as soon as possible. We're going to do a Riot Act show in, I think, two weeks. Right, right. So, so we're not going to waste any time with that. <laughs> next week, we're doing an Avocado show. Next week, we're we're doing a patron episode. Yes, we are. So uh, Bradley, who we've mentioned on the podcast before, Bradley Piasecki is going to come on. He's going to talk about his uh, experience at Grand Rapids in 2006, which is a 
a really cool set. Uh, really interesting set. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think that'll be fun. It'll be avocado era, so you'll get your fix in. And um, yeah, I, look, you know, um, I I'm all for having get more guests on the show too. So you know, head on over to Patreon. Do whatever you can do. Subscribe. Uh, we have the exclusive episode that we talked about before, the New Year's 1992. A uh, dollar a month. That's all we're asking. And, and you know, it'll help us out. It'll get you more content. And if you want to come on the show, just let us know. Shoot us a note. We are open to the fan experience here. And we want to have as many engagements with as many fans as possible. So absolutely. That's it. That's all I can think about. Happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think now that we're done with all of our, uh, fundraising and all that stuff, I think, I think it's really, it's good that we just focus on just being a podcast right now. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was back to basics. Yeah, it's hard when you're you're starting out. I think I think uh, I've seen other podcasts and and how they've moved merch before. And I'm just, I I said to myself, well, you know, I work for a place that we can make our own merch, and it's easy to do. And you know, I I think you get sort of consumed by it a little bit, and you don't realize that you're still a baby in terms of the podcast world. People are still figuring you out and figuring out if you, they want to listen to you once a week and, and all that. I hope you are. Most people are. I like, I like our numbers, but you know, you never know. So, uh, that's, we're focusing on, on just doing the shows, getting you content, talking, trying to enlighten and entertain you. And, and that's about it. So, that's all I got for today. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Uh, Just a tour for 2019, I suppose. Yeah, Throw let's let's there. get it going. Let's, let's let's. I want to hear that album. Yeah, Woodstock. I'm not going to Woodstock. If if they're playing Woodstock, I'm 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 out. Sorry. <laughs> I don't I don't do well at festivals. So. All right. This is the end. We're here, but not for much longer. I miss you all already, and I miss you always. We'll see you next week. Grand Rapids 2006. Have a good start to the new year. Feel positive about this. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time. Well, anyways, let's say even if we do play that song, before that, I was going to read you. I had it specially delivered. Uh, Kenneth Starr's people wanted a few uh, backstage passes. And uh, I told them I, could, I would do it if I got a copy of the report. So here it is. The copy of the report. Shall we read it? Box number three, it says something about cigars and masturbating. That looks like a good one to start with. What do you think? There may even be some actual physical evidence 
Thank you.